Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Today was your last day. Yeah, there's a, there's a, 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 a thing in athletics about not being able to handle success. It's like you do things so well, and then you just get so nervous. It's like you've you you you're you're you're, you're even par through seven, and then you go triple triple to finish it out, and you blow your whole nine. That's what Tommy has done. I hope to every Lord God in every galaxy that somebody's watching on SWX because the facial reactions to that song were the funniest things I have seen with my eyes in my entire life. Well, Tommy, I can tell you that my family is watching live in Bozeman on SWX. Hello, Coulter's family. My sister-in-law just texted me, Nickelback, never again. Uh, Yeah. Congratulations, Tommy. You had the you had like one of the great all time music streaks, and then just ruined the second hour. It's two telling the one is one hundred nine ESPN Radio. At least he led with a song that's still better than the Beatles. We are broadcasting live. Don't worry, Tommy. I've muted him. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studio. Yeah, not for long. Kurtz Polaris at twenty nine oh four West Broadway and Missoula Highway eighty three in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you missed anything in the first hour, you can check it out on the podcast. Podcast available on the TuneIn Radio app, iTunes, Spotify. We're still, we still got iTunes, right, Tommy? Uh, yeah, no, not not for very long. It's being yeah, replaced. But, but we still have it, though. That's the Yeah, point. I don't know. Okay. Maybe. I'm wherever, still on CDs, man. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can listen to our podcast. It's the Tutel and Nuanas podcast. It's brought to us by the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Go rate it, review it, star it, all that stuff. Check out it. Tell us, uh, tell us what you think about it, and we appreciate that. Um, we're going to hear now from Carson Rostad. Yeah, no, this is a real punishment. You're still muted. Oh, he's starting to boil. He's really starting to get angry, Tommy. Bring yeah, him in. This is great television, right? Let now. the tiger loose. See. <laughs> Nope, going to punish you. Better turn it back off. Hope you can do uh, 57 minutes and 30 seconds by yourself. Coulter, I don't do a lot of things well, but I could do 57 minutes alone in my sleep. It is true. He said, all right, I'm going to do the show. And then he, he doesn't breathe for two hours. <laughs> Especially when we got two great interviews right here. These are actually great. Uh, thanks to Carson Rossap for swinging by the studio today. I know he's a busy guy. 
with his variety of camps he's been going to. He's also working full-time, uh, so I know he's uh, got a lot on his plate right now, but he's got on. one decision off his plate, committing to the Grizzlies That's this right. last weekend. And uh, it was, you know, it's, it's just interesting to be around people because, you know, we watched him play, we've read about him, we've talked about him, but just getting to meet him and, and just getting to be around a kid, you get to have a little bit better of a feeling about him. And I yeah. think that uh, he's a good kid, confident guy, and uh, great hair. Great hair. I mean, this has got, I don't know, what are we, is 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 suave, is that still a thing? Sure. Whatever. I mean, that's, let's go. Paul Mitchell, all day long. <laughs> Your wife's probably rolling over. Now, Paul Mitchell. Is that, do they still make products? Uh, oh, yeah. Lots of it. Cool. I don't know how Paul Mitchell got into that because he's he if you were like well not not this guy he's clearly not using the stuff that he says is so great look at him you know maybe he's just helping out the others that do in fact have hair he doesn't have great hair Paul Mitchell well you know bad not all of us can be like bad you deal not all of us can be like Carson Rostad truth Carson Rostad uh, Gatorade Player of the Year. Uh, also uh, just committed this week to the Montana Grizzlies to uh, play football. He is uh, coming now into his senior season in Hamilton uh, and so has one year left at the high school level, but was good enough to come down here and uh, talk to us again. He was here in town for the uh, Marty Morningwig quarterback uh, school, uh, which took place. There was the coaches clinic last night at the university and then the the, the, the players, uh, about 16 or so high school quarterbacks uh, from around the state, primarily in the western side of the state, uh, were at uh, Big Sky High School today at uh, Missoula County Stadium working on their game and uh, getting coached up, and he was one of them, and so uh, an opportunity to talk with him. The most striking part about Carson Rostad when you look, break down the stats is just how efficient he's been hmm. in his first couple of years as a starter. Uh, you know, his sophomore year, he threw for 3,079 yards, 39 touchdowns, only seven picks. This last year, uh, close to 3,000 yards passing again, 43 touchdowns, only six picks. So count them up, 82 touchdowns and 13 picks the last two years. And, oh, by the way, a 24-2 and two record, pretty darn good. Them some Aaron Rodgers numbers, not so much the win-loss stuff, but the... The, the, the touchdown-to-interception ratio, uh, pretty outstanding. Uh, all right, here you go. A uh, little conversation with uh, future Grizz and current Hamilton Brock Carson Rostad. Here with Carson Rostad, fresh out of Marty Morningweg's quarterback school. Thanks for being with us, Carson. Yeah, thanks for having me. Down at Big Sky today, participating all day in a quarterback camp. What's different about this camp that Marty Morningweg runs that, uh, compared to some of the other camps maybe you go to? Uh, this camp, it's... Somewhat similar, and then the biggest difference, I think, is going in the classroom and just having him, like, chalk talk with us and stuff and watch film and go over drills and just, like, reads and progressions and stuff like that. I was there this morning uh, looking over your shoulders in the classroom, and he's uh, running through film of Mike Vick. Seems like a pretty high standard there, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, breaking down film yeah. of Mike Vick. You're like, well, yeah, I, I bet I could roll out to the right if I could. Yeah. So what's it like, though? I mean, when he's sitting there doing that, what what are the things that you're trying to take out of what he's showing you for your game? I'm just, like, listening to the small stuff he says, like footwork and stuff, because obviously I'm not Mike Vick. I can't roll out to the left and throw a 70-yard bomb to <laughs> Deshaun Jackson, but I just try to pick up as much as I can that I know I can do and just stuff that will help me in my game. Carson Ross at the Gatorade Player of the Year last year, Hamilton High School. You guys marched all the way to the state championship game. Fell just short of a state championship. But uh, when you are learning from guys like Marty Morningwig, how does that compare and contrast to the Class A level? Because I think that you know you guys are running some sophisticated stuff there at Hamilton with Bryce Carver, definitely getting college ready. But what sort of stuff do you take away from a guy that's been in the NFL so long like Marty has? He's just super smart in everything he does, and he's really fine-tuned and not like as general as a lot of coaches are. And he'll really, like, make sure your details are perfect. Carson, you declared uh, earlier this week uh, to go to the University of Montana. Obviously, uh, your cousin, Jordy Tripp, things went pretty well for him, if I understand <laughs> it correctly, at, at the U. Uh, and so, you know, there's a connection there. You're on the west side of the state. But what was it to you where you, when you're actually finding to make, time to make your decision about where to go that you said, okay, you know, Bobby Houck, the Grizzlies, that's what I want to do? After just talking with their coaches since, like, last December, whenever we were allowed to talk, I've got to know them really well, and I really love them, and I think their offense is great because we pretty much run, like, the exact same thing, just not as sophisticated with Carver being there. 
And I love the town and the stadium and the facilities and everything, and they've got great fans, so I just thought it was a perfect place to be. Probably a dream of yours to, yeah, to yeah. commit. <laughs> so when you actually you know called Coach Huck and said, hey, I'm going to do it, I want to be a Grizz, what was that moment like for you? It was really nice when he finally answered the phone. I called him like six times. <laughs> Bobby, I want to commit. And he was super excited, and it was really just amazing knowing I've got a home for the next four years and probably five. And then – it's just great knowing that I'm committed there. So on on one hand, I think kids experience a certain amount of relief, uh, you know, say, okay, it's done, like I can do that, especially now as you're going into your senior season, like, okay, lock and load, you know, with Hamilton and stuff. But is there is there a certain amount of pressure, uh, you know, where you go and you're playing in high school and everybody that you know, you know is playing against you knows, okay, well, this is a Gatorade player of the year, this is – guy who's going to the University of Montana, is there a sense that you have of, okay, well, I kind of got to prove it or something like that this year? What's that like? Yeah, there's a little bit of pressure, but not that bad because obviously I can do it or I wouldn't have gotten these things. But you feel a little bit of pressure knowing, like, okay, everybody thinks I should be able to do this, so I should probably be able to do this. But given that you guys have had such great runs these last couple of years, but haven't got that yeah. state championship, I mean, that must motivate you tremendously coming into your senior year. Yeah, that's motivated everybody. Uh, this year we have like 20 more kids in the weight room than we ever have. Pretty much the whole entire team's there. And then we'll just go run and stuff after pra- uh, weights, and everybody's just motivated because two second places in a row really hurts. Carson Rostad, Montana Gatorade Player of the Year in uh, high school football last season in the state and uh, future University of Montana Grizzly as of earlier this week. Uh, Carson, I know that uh, Hamilton, the, the football players, some of them there, have all gone for the uh, the long walks, occasionally the man <laughs> bun thing. You are leading the pack. So what's the deal where you're like, hey, boys, we're letting it go? Uh... Like got to get the lettuce out there, man. Yeah. You got the bitterroot. You're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tie into nature. What's going on? I uh, just like I think it was my sophomore year, at the beginning of football, just a bunch of us decided, hey, let's not cut our hair until the end of our senior year. So we're just letting it grow, I guess. <laughs> well, my brother hasn't got a haircut in ten years, so maybe uh, maybe you'll get to that point soon. Yeah. Uh, being a guy that has been close to the program, given that your cousin played, you're just from down the road. You've been a Grizz fan your whole life. Well, sort of. I mean, you probably have pretty good memories of when Coach Halk was here the first time, yeah. and when Jordy was playing. So, what are some of your good memories from just growing up and watching the Grizz? Uh, my family bought a box, which was nice. So, I've been lucky to watch all the games in nice weather because I can decide weather. But, <laughs> right. And then just sitting up there and watching all the games, and I used to love when I was little just going down on the field after the game and like talking with the players, and then grabbing a couple friends and kicking some field goals or anything because. Never kicked a field goal besides then because there's never any field goals around my, like in Hamilton that we could go use. And then just like Jordy being my cousin, I was always really close with the old players. So I'd like go over to his mom's house and we would eat dinner and stuff there. And they'd come down. A couple of them actually took my sister to prom one year. So it was nice having a bunch of them down at my house. And yeah. Uh, Carson, I want to come back to today and to the, the QB school. And. It's interesting because it's it's all quarterbacks, hence the QB school. Most of them from the AA level, most of them from the city of Missoula. That's what, kind of how this whole thing started. But what's it like to kind of instead of going against guys that are also quarterbacks, all be uh, you know a certain sense of camaraderie and all be positionally in the same spot? What was that like today to to be with you know Raleigh Worcester and some of the other guys uh, around the area in this sort of interesting and sort of unique context? It's nice knowing, like, you don't have to, like, really compete with them because you're not trying to win a game, even though I don't really play against most of them. But going to the camps and talking with them, it's really nice getting to know them and just, like, you're somewhat similar. That's why you're there together. So you have a lot of similarities, and we've became good friends with most of them. I want to ask you a little bit more about the recruiting. Uh, when what, what is it about Coach Alk? What, what does he sell you? What, what, what did he tell you about the program and the vision he has for it going forward here? Well, obviously, Coach said I answer my phone every time. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm always here. That's what he said. He's just a positive guy, and he knows we're going to win and tells me that uh, you come here, we're definitely going to win. And very believable, and I trust him a lot with everything he says, and he's just a good guy. That's uh, one of the most interesting parts about Bobby. He's a guy I covered uh, when he was here the first time, and, and then now – he has never wavered from that. He's always saying, we are going to be dominant. We There is no accepting anything else. That must be great, though, to know that that's going to be your coach as an yeah, athlete. Yeah. 
it's really nice knowing he'll be my coach. Does that does that help you raise your own personal level of expectations when you have a guy that's as demanding as Coach Oak? Yeah, going to the quarterback camp there, just like realizing the different intensity of their coaches compared to our high school coaches really opened up my eyes to what I'll be doing the next couple of years, and it just made me realize like I can be this much better, and I haven't like plateaued in anything like that. Colter, some people like the Clark Fork, some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot. We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls. I love Rainbow's End. I love the Blackfoot River. You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber optic cables to increase hugely this the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of montana it's pretty likely you already know blackfoot as a local partner for internet voice professional services anything you need to fuel your growing business but like you said they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across montana and right now they're expanding expanding their fiber network into bozeman st ignatius and other regions find out more about what blackfoot does give them a call 866-541-5000 or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL, drop it in there, goblackfoot.com. From a quarterback perspective, just looking at your numbers, you've been so efficient, you've made hardly any mistakes. You're going to be one of those guys that's a rare four-year starter in high school. Where do you think you're at just in terms of your own development, what your potential is, and what are some of the things you want to work on this summer going into your senior year and then leading into when you become a Grizz? Just the teammates that I've had the last three years are a big reason that I've been so successful. And uh, I think I definitely get stronger and faster this offseason and just go know my receivers because we got a bunch of new ones this year. So just got to like learn how to throw with them and stuff so we can have a good season this year. And just go out and throw by myself and get more accurate and yeah. You know, obviously, you know, full year before you get there, maybe a red shirt year. So you, you know, it's it's still a ways down the line in terms of maybe playing on, you know, on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. But on the offensive side of the ball, you look at say Brent Pease or Tim Rosenbaugh. Do you have do you, have you gotten a chance to talk to those guys? And you, you talked about that offense that Montana runs, but you're did you have an opportunity to sort of get a feel for those guys and what they want to do and maybe some of that interpersonal stuff as well this early on? Yeah, me and my dad came up one time for a spring practice this year and we met in Rosenbaugh's office and they have like this big desk and he had all the plays wrote on it and we just like went over some and he pointed out so like certain plays that are similar to the ones we ran and I could just like recognize it like that and He's got a really smart offensive mind, so I think it'll be really nice. Was it kind of intimidating to get in there, like you're sitting in, you know, the offensive coordinator's office, and he's got plays diagrammed on the on the table for you, and you're going, okay, well, now school's in session, I guess. Yeah, it's crazy. Our high school, it's like a children's book compared to their dictionary <laughs> of plays they have. Does that part excite you though? Just to get the, how complicated it is the challenge that it is to play quarterback from a mental perspective. Yeah, I think it'll be nice just having to like study up the plays and being able to audible and all that. I think it'll be really fun. Uh, covering recruiting, uh, it's it's always interesting to just watch how the dominoes sort of fall, especially in state. And the last couple of years, Montana State's had a little bit of momentum. Uh, Jeff Choate, you know, being in there and, and winning the Bobcat Grizzly game three years in a row. Uh, but now it seems like Coach Houck is really trying to get that momentum back and. You were the first commit of this class, but then a couple other guys already this week, uh, Jackson Lee and uh, Drew Deck, and you know a couple other guys at this camp that were getting recruited pretty hard by the Grizzlies as well, Raleigh Wooster and and Tommy Malott from Butte. So what do you think of that element of it, just maybe being the first domino that falls? And will you will you kind of treat this as a, being an in-state recruiter yourself? Will you reach out to some of these guys and say, hey, let's go be Grizzlies? Yeah, I've talked to some of them, and uh... – at the camp I was at, that was when Drew got offered, so it was nice, like just trying to convince him. And then the very, like, thing was the very next day he committed, so texted him and said, "Congrats and stuff. It's gonna be nice." And then me and Jackson have been at all the camps together, and we've thought it's been nice. It would be nice to play together for a long time. So I always thought that he would come here, and it was really nice to see that he came here. Last question for me. It must be fun for you two to watch a lot of these young guys that are in the Grizz program because there's some guys that are probably going to play some minutes this year. 
you know, Gabe Sulser and Levi Janicaro and, and Drew Turner that you are certainly going to be in the mix with as well. So when you watch those Montana guys, the fellow Montana guys, what does that feel like just to, to know you're, you maybe are going to be throwing a Gabe Sulser here pretty soon? Yeah, it's nice. Gabe texted me after I won the Gatorade Player of the Year, and then he texted me again like two days ago congratulating me on committing and stuff. So I think it would be super nice. It's going to be nice just to throw with him. And knowing a lot of like the young guys that the Grizz have, it's just super cool knowing like – I've watched them play. I know how they can play, and I'll be getting to play with them in a couple of years. Carson Rostad, future Montana Grizzly, current Gatorade Player of the Year, current Hamilton Bronc. Best of luck to you this fall down there in Hamilton, and uh, look forward to watching you play at the next level. Thank you. Very good. Carson Ross, I appreciate him uh, swinging by the studio and uh, doing the interview after uh, the uh, the quarterback school today. And, yeah, like you said, culture, like, I mean, you any 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 kid, especially high school kid, doing an interview, you know, it takes a little bit to, you know, I haven't done many and so forth and so on, you get an impression of a guy. And I think it is a little more, eh, a, little, a little easier to sit down in the studio and kind of do it, get a little better feel for it and stuff like that. But he seemed to be a very sort of uh, uh, comfortable, confident, like you said, uh, guy. Obviously, you can throw, got to see him. The first time I've seen him, you know, sit back and just throw in person. Uh, and uh, and certainly, I mean, he's a big kid, strong, and uh, and has a lot of development time out in front of him still to be. I mean, for crying out loud, just you know, just finishing his junior year in high school, uh, upside, significant upside for Carson Rostad. Well, and the analogy I'd make is is I've said that Kyler Murray has a chance to enter the best possible situation, maybe in the history of the NFL, with his being drafted by the Arizona Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury being hired as the Arizona Cardinals head coach because Kyler Murray has no history running a pro-style offense whatsoever. But if they run similar offensive principles to what Cliff Kingsbury has done in college... Cliff Kingsbury has no history running a pro-style. Exactly. (laughs) And so you might might just straight up be like, hey, we're just going to extrapolate on the plays. You guys ran in Oklahoma last year. And so you just have those banked reps. And so the learning curve is so much less steep and that seems as if it's the case right now as well with Carson Rostad. I mean, like he said there in that interview, the offense Tim Rosenbaugh is running at the University of Montana is very similar to the offense Bryce Carver is running. Obviously a lot more complicated version. But I think that Rostad, his, his learning curve that most Montana... Child's book, I believe. Exactly. Yes. Most learning curves for Montana quarterbacks, though, are so steep and mm-hmm. so stark. And it seems as if... First of all, he's going to have more banked reps than almost any quarterback I can remember that went Division One because of Total. being a yeah. four-year starter. Amazing. And he's playing for a, a guy who played college football and Bryce Carver, a really smart coach. And I think those things just give him a systematic advantage, not to mention then his natural athletic gifts. You know, six foot three, 205 pounds. He's mobile. He can run a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how what he transforms into. You watched him a little bit today. What would you think? I liked him. I thought... Uh Certainly his size and his stature, and I thought his throwing motion was was good. Uh, a lot of what I saw was a little more finesse stuff in terms of, you know, trying to put the ball in the bucket in the corner of the end zone, that type of stuff. What I didn't get to see was, first of all, how athletic is he? He certainly looks athletic, but in terms of, you know, moving around, you're not really going to do that in individual quarterback drills. And I didn't see a lot of zip either on the football. But again, I don't know that I was looking at circumstances or places where you're sitting back there and really trying to trying to hit hit your target you know what I mean in terms of uh, with some velocity but um you know again for to be to be to be what he is at 16 or maybe 17 years of age is I mean it, you just go yeah you you offer that kid period mm-hmm. you do it and uh and so, uh, uh, you know, we'll see, uh, like any of these guys, you know, you see what can and what will develop, but especially when you talk about uh, the bloodline, you know, the the personal uh, family tie to the University of Montana, and you get this at Montana State as well, personal family ties to the school. And, you know, when you talk about the Bicknells, it's not just about how good it is this individual sitting in front of me it's about knowing that there's a familial history that 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 makes them going to a place more significant to them than it does to other kids you know and that exists to an extent not not 
not at all like the McNeil family at Montana State, but there is some of that here for Carson Rostad. Yep. Uh, it's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Let's do this. We're going to get out a little early in this break, try and make Tommy happy since he's sitting back there uh, hooking us up with three out of four good music tunes today. Uh, and uh, we will come back. Our coach's corner with Joe Glenn. Joe Glenn back in town, uh, former Montana uh, head coach, former head coach, a lot of places, South Dakota, of course, as well. Uh, and uh, he's back in town, was at the quarterback camp, got a chance to talk with him. So you hear that interview right after this. Here with longtime coach. Here with long. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. We will get into the Women's World Cup here in the final segment of the show. Nearly 46,000 people in the stadium to watch the United States and France uh, in the quarterfinals of the Women's World Cup, a 2-1 victory for the United States. So they are in the semis. I believe that's their 10th straight win uh, in World Cup uh, play, which ties a record Norway uh, also with 10. So very impressive uh, for the United States women. It's 2 Tell Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy Online at KurtzPolaris.com. Uh... It is time now for our Coach's Corner. Coach's Corner is brought to us by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. And I uh, had a chance to uh, catch up with Joe Glenn, Coulter, a uh, uh, longtime coach uh, all over the place, but notably uh, in the state of Montana at the University of Montana and notably within that run in 2001 when the uh, Montana Grizzlies won uh, their second and most recent national championship uh, with him at the helm. He also uh, was you know, a longtime uh, uh, coach of and with even later on uh, Marty Morningway, who was in town for the uh, for the quarterback school today, but Joe Glenn, first of all, if you've ever had a chance to meet him, uh, you know he's uh, just one of the one of the truly nice guys, fun guys to talk to, gregarious, laughs a lot, outgoing, just somebody that you like to be around, and obviously uh, made a great career of coaching uh, across uh, uh, the inland western United States, and certainly one of the great runs in the history of the University of Montana. Joe Glenn is a, was a great coach, but he also inherited the ideal situation, and he took advantage of it to the absolute maximum. And you know, I remember when Joe Glenn was first hired, the Grizz were riding sky high. They were the number two team in the country coming into the year, and they went to Hofstra to open up this 2000 season, and they lost 10-9. to The Grizz didn't score a touchdown. Mm. And this was you know on the heels of Dave Dickinson, Brian Ayotte, right. scoring a million points. Who is this new coach? How can he not score a touchdown? How are we losing to a private school in New York? What is this? And then Joe Glenn quickly silenced all the doubters by going and whipping Idaho at... at uh, Moscow? Uh, no, in, in, at Martin Stadium in mm-hmm. Pullman. The mm-hmm. game was played in Pullman. He hung 45 on the, on the Vandals, and then the next week... Beats Cal Poly 53-3, to and 13 wins later, they're playing Adrian Peterson and the Georgia Southern Eagles in the national championship game. And they fall just short in that one, but then the next year get back on the horse and ride it all the way. And that's the last national championship the University of Montana has won, and that is actually crazy because I think at that moment in time you would have said, well, these guys are just going to win one every three years Line for 20 years. Yeah. I mean, these guys are going to win 8, 9, 10. And they've played for national championships since then, but they have not won one. And... 
Uh, Joe Glenn, 39-6 and six in his career at the University of Montana before taking the Wyoming job. And he he, he set the stage for the, the great run that Bobby Houck had the first time around as well. But, you know, I think that Joe Glenn maximized the roster he inherited. He made it even better. And some of the all-time great players in the history of Grizz football played for Joe Glenn, Vince Huntsberger, Atu Molden, Johansi Humphreys, Drew Miller, on down the line. I mean, Vince Vince Huntsberger reached such a high level his senior year, he received a vote for the Heisman. Pretty darn good for a partial scholarship kid out of Libby, Montana. <laughs> and uh, Joe Glenn is, is, you know, we always talk about legacies, and there's so many different things that can impact your legacy. When do you walk away, whether you're the athlete or the coach? How does your time end? You know, a lot of times people have kind of a bell curve arc. They hit a they hit a peak and then they kind of go back downhill and and it, it impacts just the way that they're remembered. I think that the fact that Joe Glenn just straight up dominated and then just boom was here and then he was gone. He didn't even have a full cycle of of his players. Just three years at the helm, but thirty nine wins. It's, it's one of the greatest runs ever, and I think that he is remembered with as much reverence as any Grizz coach in history, with the exception of probably Don Reed. Because he d- he did go out on such a high note, right? Uh, all right, very good. From earlier today, it's our opportunity bank coach's corner with Joe Glenn. Here with longtime coach and uh, longtime Grizzly coach Joe Glenn and coach, you come back to Missoula and uh, participate in this. What's it like just to be back in town and back in football with with Marty? Uh, you know, in a, in this capacity, I love it. You know, Marty and I were together from eighty through eighty five and. Uh, had a really, really fun time. Won a Big Sky Conference football championship during that time. Marty was definitely the, the pacemaker of that team, and um, he hasn't changed. He's a lot of fun and knows how to coach, knows how to teach, and yet knows how to make things fun and exciting. And uh, I think the, the quarterbacks here really bought into him. They, they know he knows what he's doing. I think he coached about 33, 34 years in the NFL. Um, he and I coached one year together when he first got done playing, and I've watched him in action. He's an excellent coach and, and a lot of fun and a, a good father, um, good husband, and uh, just a good friend and a guy that uh, we all respect. And um, good to have him back. What's it like? Obviously, Marty's a great example, but you've been around a lot of guys, and you're the patriarch of a lot of guys in the football world. So to see them come through and, and make careers of it and also the lives that they impact, that's got to be rewarding. Well, it is rewarding. And, I, you know, I, I even stay in touch with so many of them through Facebook, uh, which has been fun for me. I retired. Uh, How about that gadget, huh? That Facebook? That's a thing? <laughs> yeah. But it does give you an opportunity at least to see their children and uh, see their family grow up and uh, uh, when you can't really get on the phone and talk to everybody. But it just is a fun way to stay in touch with guys from, you know, if you coach uh, 40-some years and you have about 100 kids on each team, you can't possibly stay in touch with all of them. But um, what happened here at um, the University of Montana uh, was – a big part of my career, both as an assistant coach and as the head coach of the championship team in 01, and uh, got a lot of people to be thankful for for all of that. And uh, but it just it, it's been a huge part of my life, and we'll continue. Michelle and I will continue to come back to Missoula every year. When you come back now, as you know, as uh, retired and done with your career, and you get back to Missoula what what what's the thing that you remember most or what do you reflect on the most when you're here I, you know people um, that's pretty easy um, you go downtown and have a Mo Club burger and you see umpteen people that you know and the, the bartender always knows that uh, he even knew I liked mine well done with hot cheese on it and <laughs> so good long memory yeah, I say yeah I said thanks a lot he didn't even knew the guy that uh, they used to cook me one in Greeley Colorado and he said yeah wasn't his name Robbie didn't he leave yours about red and I said yeah would talk to me when he put it on but anyway yeah it just uh people friends I um I worked here for Zip Beverage for a year uh, in between gigs, and uh, it was um, a real dri- wonderful year. And then I got to meet people outside of football, and uh, um, 
met people that I would have never met had I just always been in coaching. Mike and Joni Hayes uh, were our neighbors on Burlington and uh, some of the best friends we've ever had in our whole life, Joni and Michelle, uh, great, great friends, and Mike and I as well. So um, we got a lot of our heart here in Missoula, and we're going to travel around quite a bit. We're going to make our home in uh, Arizona area and then travel for three months during the the obvious year time of the year um, and try and get to see my grandchildren who are in Lincoln, Nebraska, and Boise, Idaho. Um, I'm one of uh, 12 children, and uh, there's nine of them in Lincoln, Nebraska, still so I get there and try and see them um, and uh, anyway it uh, and then try and do some things you couldn't do while you're coaching for 40 some years. Well coach we appreciate you being with us and uh, best of luck to you as you travel and uh, and cruise around a little bit. Yeah <laughs> thank you so much. Joe Glenn our Opportunity Bank Coach's Corner how'd you like to be at the Glenn family reunion in Lincoln? Are you kidding me? You got nine siblings still living in Lincoln, Nebraska? Go back there. I mean, get about it. Take up a whole section of the stadium in uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska. People should remember, too, Coulter, he won two, count them up, back-to-back national championships at the Division II level yep. with Northern Colorado. And so uh, uh, very impressive. Uh, you know, that was in, what, 96, 97 uh, at, uh, at Northern Colorado before uh, leaving there after the 99 season and coming to Montana for, uh, well, pretty good run. Two championship games in the quarterfinal, one national championship victory. Uh, it's uh, strong work. And, uh, you know, headed off to uh, Wyoming after that and then finished his career in South Dakota. But, uh, uh, again, just uh, couldn't be a nicer guy. And uh, the, the first, the, the, well, the last time, I guess I should say, that I met Joe Glenn or talked to Joe Glenn was when he was coaching South Dakota and they played at the University of Montana and, uh, you know, it was a, 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 a game that, that Montana won. And I think that Joe Glenn, you know, he came in. It was his first time back as an opposing coach, I believe, in Washington Grizzly Stadium. And uh, a pretty unique experience for him that way as well. But we certainly appreciate him taking a little time out with, uh, with us there on the sideline to do that deal. It's probably <clears throat> fascinating for Joe Glenn because you know, he's an alum of South Dakota and mm. coach of the University of Montana. So, and th- this year... Montana plays South Dakota, so that'll probably be one where he's a little conflicted yep. because he played at South Dakota, coached at South Dakota, coached at Montana. So it, it, interesting. It's also interesting to me the way that you know the the path Joe Glenn had to become the head coach at Montana and then the success he had. I think it set the set a precedent that I think that then um, I think that Bob Stitt, who played for Joe Glenn at Doan College and then coached for Joe Glenn at Northern Colorado, I think that there was a lot of hope. That would be the exact same path mm. that Bob Stitt would take. Would be you know a Division two coach who then took over at Montana and led the program to unprecedented success. It didn't quite work out like that. And you just wonder how much of that kind of false expectation was set by Joe Glenn's career. Regardless, it's glad to have him back in town. He's a great dude, and uh, some of the most talented teams in Grizz history, and ones that uh, I have great memories of as well. Yeah, uh, very good. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, have a nice, long, final segment. We'll start with the United States women's national team. 2-1 winners. They head to the semifinals of the World Cup. Next. Coulter, you and I have built our lives on communication. And one thing that people may not realize is Blackfoot. That is their bread and butter. And right now, they are spending a ton of time and money creating an incredible network of fiber optic cables across the state of Montana, a state that, thank you very much, could use some innovation and advancement in that way, right? You probably already know Blackfoot, a local partner for internet, voice, and professional services that fuel growing businesses like yours. Right now, Blackfoot is extending its fiber optic cable networks in Bozeman, St. Ignatius, and around the region. Yeah, like hundreds of miles of fiber optic cable. It's a stunning amount that they're putting in right now. Check out goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link if you're on Podbean or just copy the URL into your browser. Go see what they're up to. I think you'll be impressed when you find out all the things that Blackfoot does. Particularly in Bozeman. Bozeman, as you know, is booming right now. And Blackfoot, they got you all taken care of. How does fiber optics benefit your business? We're not quite sure, but Blackfoot sure does. Give them a call, 866-541-5000, or find them online at goblackfoot.com. What's got going on? And also, 
Our thanks. Appreciation for putting it up there to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Uh, I misspoke. Uh, I thought Switzerland had beat uh, Norway. It is, in fact, England. Um, they had a little icon that was there, uh, and I, I uh, foolishly attempted to guess who it was. But for what it's worth, the English beat Norway 3-0 in the second quarterfinal of the Women's World Cup. And so they, England, will face the United States, who won 2-1 over host France in front of over 45,000 people today. Uh, Megan Rapino scored in the fifth minute very early on off a set piece and then scored in the 65th minute as well. Uh, the United States was up 2 nothing at that time. France did get a late goal in the uh, 81st minute, uh, but was unable to uh, get the equalizer. How am I doing with my soccer vocab? Pretty you are good. doing great. Uh, and uh, But a, an exciting game, a loud game. I thought the atmosphere I watched... Uh, I watched about 60 minutes of this uh, of this game today, and I thought that the uh, the atmosphere uh, and uh, the crowd was outstanding. Uh, and I I thought the action was really good. Uh, I found it to be uh, higher paced than uh, most of the men's games I've seen, with a lot more attacking going on. Now, I think that is. Uh, uh, largely a product of an early goal. You know, sometimes when, you know, teams can go back and forth and be very interested in just having possession in games that are tied and when, you know, before somebody's scored and things along those lines. But when uh, Rapino puts a goal in very early, now all of a sudden, you know, France is like, all right, we got to go. We got to, you know, we got to press a little bit, even though there's a lot of time, we got to press a little bit. And then, you know, the United States kind of counterattack and that kind of thing. So I thought it was an up and down game. I thought it was a lot of fun. And uh, and congratulations to the United States. And and again, a, a multi-goal game and and the only two goals. Two, two goals for uh, the United States uh, coming uh, from Rapino today and uh, and uh, the U.S. Women's National Team in to the semifinal. And again, as I mentioned earlier, their 10th consecutive World Cup victory, which ties an all-time record with Norway. So if they were to beat England, they would uh, stand alone atop uh, the record books in terms of consecutive World Cup victories. These girls are, are taking the sports world by storm right now. And I think it's a, it's an incredibly cool story. You know, the, this has been the golden era of soccer for for in in the United States for women. I mean, the the defending world cup champions, they've won multiple world cups over the last 15 or so years and uh, look like they have the inside track at least to win another. And, um, the star power led by Megan Rapino as well as Alex Morgan. Yeah, I think it, it rivals any, any team of any sort right now in America. And I think that the fact that Megan Rapino has, has chosen to take a stand, I mean, this is, there's all sorts of social and political elements to this as well. I mean, mm-hmm. Megan Rapino is is an openly gay woman who, uh, during Pride Month, is using this as the ultimate platform. And she's not only doing it with uh, her own forms of protest, her own forms of being outspoken, but she's also doing it by absolutely destroying this tournament. I yeah, mean, she's, she's the, carrying the team. She's yeah. she's got four goals in the last two games. She's, I think, the first woman since 2007 to have multi to have back-to-back multi-goal games mm-hmm. in the world cup right which is just astounding all in itself but i think that the fact that she is on the world stage and she is representing on the world stage and she's using this as a platform i think it's i think it's amazing and i think that the fact that so often we've seen we, we've seen this in a, a lot in sports i don't want to politicize this thing too much but we've seen the entire controversy with the national anthem in the nfl and we've seen uh, just all the, the intricacies of the way that race, race relations work in pro sports or lack thereof, and just the way that some of these other pro athletes have tried to take a stand. And there's been an element of a lack of support from the people around them. And when, when Colin Kaepernick was kneeling when he's playing for the San Francisco 49ers, there was not very many people supporting him. There weren't people necessarily within the organization that were degrading him or anything like that, but everybody was just kind of saying, hey, that's his choice. I'm over here. That's all. I think the thing that's so much different about this is that 
first of all, this could be considered a massive distraction, and the United States women's national team has not let it become a distraction whatsoever. Whatsoever. And secondly, they have full-fledged support. Every time any one of her teammates is asked about her, any time her coach or, is asked about her, it is, she's our leader. She, she is our captain. We go as Megan goes. There is no controversy here. And I think, I think it's an unbelievable story. Yeah, well, I mean, and and the thing too is, is that when the individual is the one who's performing on the on the field or on the court or whatever it is, the way that she is in this, you know, it's obviously not a distraction. If if that weren't to happen, then all of a sudden you'd say, well, you know, get off of Twitter or whatever it would be. I don't know what the backlash would be as far as that goes, but you know, it's uh, it's so interesting how. How well you get carried along when you're winning, and particularly when you're playing well in wins on a big stage. And they certainly are, and she did it again today, and very impressive. And it'll be an exciting game because they they go ahead and they beat the host country, you know, and and not just the host country, but France, the host country, uh, which is obviously a soccer crazy nation, and uh, and obviously drew hugely. I mean, again, almost forty six thousand people uh, in Paris for this for this soccer game. Now, who do you get? England. I mean, you got to go up against the, the English. You had a 3 nothing win against Norway. By the way, the uh, 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 head coach of uh, the United States Women's National Team, Jill Ellis, said, quote, that was the most intense match I have ever been a part of. A win's a win in the World Cup. I haven't seen many pretty games in a World Cup. We trained for a back five for moments like this. France are an incredible team. The surge from the fans was intense, like a tsunami, to have flexibility and to know what card we needed to play at each particular moment. I credit the players. They've taken everything on. Tactics are tactics, and if they help you get a result, fair play. So uh, there's the the, the uh, comments after the game. The other two quarterfinals, which are coming up, the first one is Italy uh, versus the Netherlands and Germany versus Sweden, and the winner of those two games will then play each other, and then obviously you're uh, you know you're in the championship. So, but a big deal, and uh, especially happening as the first game uh, in Paris. So I think it kicked off at about noon m- Mountain Time today and there were some people out and about I know looking for this game and I think that's just going to continue to draw more and more people right up to the championship to come out and watch this and it's fun man I've said this how many times but the World Cup men's women's World Cup I enjoy it man I enjoy watching soccer when it's sort of national on one hand and also the highest level I mean I think this is you know World Cup men's and women's this is as good as soccer gets you know when you can pull the best of the best and maybe maybe on a you know a champions league team or something like that when you've played x number of games together and maybe you have that rapport of teammates that you don't generate as much because you're just being pulled together for one tournament tournament but when you talk about the level of talent that's on display i think it uh it is the the, the highest level and it's certainly the most prestigious uh soccer tournaments that exist and, and i find it uh to be totally compelling and one thing that i i continue to like about it is it's the soccer is is obviously what it's all about front and center but it's also because soccer is the global game that the buy-in that you have and the truly global nature of the you know participants in in terms of fans and people and the the uh cross-pollinization culturally of what you get at World Cup games from different teams, I think is really, really cool. And uh, and that's something to me that is really, really fun that you can, you know, that there is, so, you know, when you talk about football, you know, that's an American game. When you talk about baseball, certainly it's an American game. You can start to get into Latin America and maybe, you know, something like Japan at cricket. You can get into India, maybe some of the Southern Hemisphere countries and so forth. Soccer is the one that you go, okay, everybody in. Everybody, you know, and that that I think is is uh, is pretty neat. And I don't know of anything else that does that. I, I really don't. I think soccer is pretty unique. You could say the Olympics as an overarching thing, um, but that's two weeks, and it's so you know that's still very segregated or separated in terms of of what countries are good in competing in what particular events very often, um, and so. Uh, this is where it's more singular in terms of one single tournament and, and everybody's taking a look at it and, and uh, excited about it and watching it. I think it's uh, it's compelling to me. Me as well. What are you up to this weekend? 
Well, it's a good question. Why? I don't know. I was just oh. just asking. Well, you. Uh, blaring our social lives on yeah. the radio for the last ninety seconds of our week. I had big plans for the Fourth of July. It's going to go on a trip, see some friends, do the thing. Uh, Tina says, "You know what? How about instead we just put shiplap up in the camper?" So, oh well, that sounds like a pretty significant downgrade, you know, for a Fourth of July weekend to be elbow deep in paint. But it's what she wants to do. She wants to turn the thing around. I applaud her work ethic. So now, perhaps this weekend, we may—I don't know—we may go up to the lake mm. tomorrow. Very nice a little overnighter. What are you doing? Uh, kicking off the weekend, uh, where I kicking off our promotion, Windmill Brothers mm. Brewing in town. We got now look at registration boxes. Got them all over town. We got yeah, eight, eight locations, you know, including the Iron Horse, the Press Box, Reds, Stockmans, Katie O'Keefe's, Paradise Falls, locals. Let's go check out those places. Look for the Grizz registration box. It just says football ticket giveaway. You can register to get sent to the Oregon Montana football game September 14th. We'll be doing social media postings. We'll have remote broadcasts all throughout the months of July and August from various bars leading up to this game. And you can come listen to Two Tell Nuanas live, and then we'll give away the tickets. Must be present to win. But go look for those. Brought to you by Wintermere Brothers Brewing. And you can check out that American Hefeweizen on tap all over town as well. Tommy, what about you? You still sitting back there? You up to anything this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to be kicking around on this satellite receiver, mm. having some... Uh, Sample rate conversion problems um, on this thing. So I'm going to be working on that. I'm going to be geeking out. Two places I forgot to mention that also have registration boxes, <laughs> Fuddruckers and the Desperado. Can't leave them off. Conversion rate on the satellite. Tommy, are you gonna, what are you going to play us out with? Oh, okay. That's all right. I can go out. See, now we found some common ground, right? We're all good with Gaga, right? Around here? I've been here two hours too long. Bye. Thank you, Tommy. Boys and girls, enjoy the weekend. Osprey Baseball, International Baseball, Sunday morning, 7 a.m. Yankees Socks from London on ESPN Radio. Coming up, 15 minutes. Osprey, Billings, game two of three. Enjoy. Have a great weekend. See you Monday. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.